0: Hello and welcome to our final episode of season three for the Bitten Word podcast. I'm Ashley and I'm Christine and today we have a super fun episode for you. Um, We are going to be talking about Doctor Who. Yay for people who know what it is and if you don't you will by the end of this episode (laughs) Um, and we're going to be having the fish fingers and custard from that show
1: i'm actually more excited than i thought i would be i just i haven't watched doctor who in so long yeah you
0: kind of fell off you like got me into it and then you like went
1: (laughs) but that was back in like 2010 yeah that's when when this episode came out it was the 10th doctor and now we're on the 13th 13th doctor 13th yep what's her name is done
0: Jodie whittaker yeah i haven't watched her final season so
1: if you guys don't know what we're talking about don't worry you will we'll get into it i know exactly where they are though because before i started watching doctor who i remember i was at barnes and noble with my friend and she was buying doctor who on dvd and started talking to the guy at the front desk and the guy was like who's your favorite doctor and i was like what is going on
0: So. Be per- Well, I actually already know your answer to that question. So I, but I, I'm still going to ask you later who your favorite doctor is. Okay. I'm really excited for this episode because the newer iteration of Doctor Who, since like it started kind of back up and we'll talk about that too. In 2005, this is like my favorite TV show ever. Um, okay, so I'm really one excited one to second. talk about it. So for those of you who don't know what Doctor Who is or have never watched it, so you, like, maybe kind of know something about it, but not really, I'm going to give you kind of a, an overview of what the show is about to start out. So Doctor Who showcases the adventures of the Doctor, who is an eccentric time traveler from the planet Gallifrey. Um, he's from a, a race called the Time Lords. Um, so he's not human, He has two hearts rather than one. And that's really the only difference that we can see, (laughs) Um, except for the fact that they're like super advanced technologically and they're like really, really smart. And also they can live a really long time. We'll talk about that in just a minute. So he travels through space and time, almost always with a companion or two along with him in his TARDIS. Uh, So TARDIS is like his ship, essentially. It's an acronym that stands for Time and Relative Dimension in Space. So using Time Lord technology, the TARDIS is bigger on the inside than it is on the outside, uh, which is always like a big moment in the show when there's a new companion or somebody new comes into the TARDIS and they're like freaking out because it's bigger on the inside.
1: Except who was it that, was it Donna who ran around and then was like, it's smaller on the outside. I don't remember who it was. I feel like maybe that was Clara. I don't yeah, remember. It might've been Clara. Yeah. <laughs>
0: um, but that was a funny reversal. I liked that they did that. Um, so the TARDIS takes the form. It looks like a blue police box that you would find in England in like the 60s. Um, originally it could take the form of like anything. So wherever he landed in time and space, it would kind of camouflage itself into the background. So like if you were in ancient Greece, it would look like a column or something so that it wouldn't draw attention to itself. But at some point along the way, it got stuck looking like this blue police box. Yeah. And he didn't bother to fix it, I think, because he likes it, um,
1: So should be a running thing of the doctor is that there's like things wrong with the TARDIS and he seems incompetent, but I think really it's just that he just doesn't feel like dealing with it.
0: Okay. So this show has a really interesting history. So the show began on November 23rd, 1963. Okay. So this show has been going on for like ever and ever, almost 60 years. It started uh, with a guy named William Hartnell who was the first doctor and you guys if you try to watch this now so boring.
1: it's so boring <laughs> it's mind-numbingly boring
0: like and all of the quality is just terrible and I am really surprised that it took off but I guess that's kind of what shows were like in the 60s yeah, maybe the TV was just different <laughs> yeah it was yeah um so William Hartnell played the Doctor for about three years, and then in 1990, or 1996, 1966, um it was announced, like within the show, that the Doctor could regenerate. That Time Lords can regenerate and like get an entirely new body and even slightly a new personality. Um, and I, I didn't actually find this, but I'm pretty sure it's because William Hartnell was like, never mind, I'm done. I'm not doing this anymore. Or his contract yeah. was up. I think or this something
1: was just like a, a random, I don't know if you'd call this a retcon, but like, yeah. you know, a random thing they decided in the show so they could keep it going without him.
0: Yes. But it has ended up making it like more better. interesting and more fun. Yeah. Way better um, over the years. And like we've said, we are now on the 13th Doctor. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so throughout the 60s 70s and 80s there were random episodes and movies and specials and stuff there wasn't there weren't necessarily like seasons of Doctor Who like we get now um but this happened all the way through 1989 and during that time there were seven different Doctors um then it took like a seven-year break so it was never like canceled or anything it was just that like nobody picked it up. So it took a seven year break. And then there was a movie in 1996 that had the eighth doctor. Mm. And then it took another nine year break. And it was like totally revamped um, and rethought, I guess, for a more modern day audience. And in 2005, it came back with regular seasons. Um, and the ninth doctor, and it has been going consistently since that time as consistently as british shows
1: ever do yeah, you know they, they like, still will have long periods between seasons and stuff yeah
0: but yeah it has been very consistent even up until right now and um, the 13th doctor who is actually a woman the the first woman female doctor um, has i think she she just finished like her third season so the first doctor of this iteration who is actually the ninth doctor christopher eccleston he was only around for one season
1: Uh, he was so great too he was really great
0: i I, really loved
1: him he's very underrated (laughs) i didn't appreciate him enough when i watched it the first time like i liked him but then when it moved on i was like yeah okay but then when i watched it again i was like oh i really love the ninth doctor (laughs) i know and i i think he gets underrated just because he had so much
0: less time than everybody else so people didn't have as much time to like fall in love with him Mm -hmm. um, as they did the other doctors um so then but since then it's been kind of like an unspoken rule that they have three seasons plus maybe a special or something david tennant kind of got a couple of movies After his three seasons. He was around for a long time. He was. Uh, And I think that that's why. I don't know if they were just having trouble recasting or if they weren't sure if they were going to keep going or or what. But I think at that point, it caught on in America um, and maybe in some other places outside of England as well. And I think that gave it momentum and more funding Mm -hmm. because there is a distinct difference between the end of the David Tennant episodes and the beginning of the matt smith episodes Production like the quality way up in yeah the
1: yeah it was huge
0: okay so we talked about how the doctor regenerates right and how that makes the show better um, and kind of more fun it also makes it more like heart-wrenching because every time you have to change doctors you go through cycles of like no
1: yeah the stages of grief
0: Yeah, like, you can't, like, you know it's coming, and you're anticipating it, and you're like, but I love this doctor, I can't change this doctor, and then there's, like, a mourning period where, like, the first two episodes or three episodes with the next doctor, you're like, "Uh, this doctor sucks, this doctor isn't any good, and then by the end of the third season, you're like... I love this doctor. We can't
1: get a new doctor. (laughs) And that's terrible. The weird thing is that you go through that with all of them. Like, I don't feel like you ever come out of a season being like, I hate that doctor. And like, I know I always talk about how like, I hate Peter Capaldi, but that's because I've only watched like the first episode or two. I've never. Yep watched through the entire season but everybody i've talked to said the same thing where they had a hard time with peter capaldi and then at the end they Mm -hmm. loved him
0: yeah and i think the reason why is because like we said not only their body changes but their personality changes slightly so the doctor is always kind of witty does funny things is always clever always saves the day is always like anti-violence as much as possible um inspirational yes always is trying to do the right thing uh which is a reason why i like this show so much is because it's very much a like good versus evil kind of thing going on and he's always doing his best to do the best for everybody and and i just i just am a sucker for storylines like that um but yeah so it's just like it's so It's kind of fun because then you can go back and be like, oh, I actually do like this one. Because I had a hard time with Mm -hmm. Peter Capaldi at first, too, because he brings in a little bit of grumpiness, Mm -hmm. which wasn't really there before in any of the doctors. Christopher Eccleston was a little chip on your shouldery. But, yeah, he was a little bit surly, (laughs) I guess. Mm -hmm. And it took me a while to find his humor and the way that his humor worked. But once that happened, I was like, oh, I actually really like him. And you know, it's funny because I did the same thing with Jodie Whitaker. I was like, Ugh, I don't like her. I don't think that she works. But I had only watched the first season of hers and I had only watched it once. But I recently started rewatching them with my daughter. And I'm like, oh, actually, she's funny. Oh, actually, I do like this episode better than I thought. Like you know, you have so to get I'm out like- from
1: under your cloud. <laughs> yeah you really
0: do (laughs) yeah so so that being said um Christine I know who your favorite doctor is but go ahead and tell the people out in podcast land who your favorite doctor is
1: well it's a little bit split because you know that my favorite doctor is David Tennant and I just yeah who's number 10 yes and I have a lot of really really favorite episodes with yes. him, like they he has so, so many so good. good ones There's so many really good like defining episodes you know yes. like blink um blink
0: is so good guys yeah.
1: weeping angels are like the scariest things ever but anyway um, but the production value with matt smith goes up so much that those yeah. seasons are like so much better and it's one of those things where it's like you know i really loved the David Tennant stuff when I was watching it and then and I did the same thing where when I watched like Matt Smith I was under the cloud the whole time and so I was like I hate Matt Smith but now I'm like mm-hmm. I really like Matt Smith as the Eddie doctor too.
0: yeah
1: um but like it's a lot harder to go from watching the Matt Smith episodes back to the David Tennant episodes or even the Christopher of, Eccleston episodes Yeah, because of it's how like, bad the production gets and not yeah. only that but like Billy Piper, <laughs> I really, really loved her in the first, like you know, when I watched it at first. But going back, I'm kind of like, she just bugs me, man. Like I can't deal yeah. with her. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So so like twelve for all intents and per, or sorry, ten for all intents and purposes. But but I do really really like the Matt Smith episodes. Okay, and I am
0: backwards. I'm opposite of that for Christine. Um, Matt Smith is my favorite doctor. I I just I love his energy and just, I don't know. I do don't—I just love the way that he plays it. Um, and then David Tennant is a close second. Yeah, Matt Smith is my favorite. So who's your favorite companion? Oh, I don't know. It's a little bit of a harder question. So like we said, the doctor travels with a companion or two or three, as is the case in the Jodie Whittaker seasons and periodically throughout other times.
1: Well, now I have to remember um, who there even is.
0: Okay, so we started with so Rose.
1: Yeah, Rose, Martha, Martha,
0: Donna, Donna. That was between Chris- Christopher Eccleston and David Tennant. And then there was this break that happened, where Donna had a situation which was like so sad, and she couldn't travel anymore. Um, and also, the Doctor regenerated. So we start the Matt Smith with brand new companion, who is Amy Pond. And eventually her husband, Rory, also starts yeah. traveling with them. We also have people like um, Jack Harkness. Jack Harkness. Yeah. So he will try. He traveled with Rose, you know, There's for like a front, little front. bit. Yeah. yeah. Um, then you've got Clara um, and then you had Bill. Did you you didn't even see Bill no, I ever? Never saw Bill. Right. So Clara bridged the gap between Matt Smith and Peter Capaldi, and then Bill came in, and I actually really like Bill. And then Jodie Whittaker has three companions, and I cannot, for the life of me, remember any of their names at the moment.
1: Who do you think is your favorite companion? I don't know. It's shifting. So, like, I really loved Rose, and I really loved the love story that they kind of built up between... The Tenth Doctor and Rose, but rewatching mm-hmm. it, Rose drives me nuts, and I actually like Martha a lot more than I did. Um, I also know you
0: hated Donna. I did hate first came I don't I mind like her Donna. anymore. I
1: yeah. well, I haven't like spent a lot of time rewatching her episodes, but I think I can appreciate would be able to appreciate her a lot more now than I yeah. did before. Um, that being said, I think overall my favorite was probably Rory me too Um, rory's the best he's just like he's so good and he's too good for amy well yeah (laughs)
0: there's (laughs) that episode where he's like well everybody knows that i love you more than you love me you know and i was just like (laughs) (laughs) oh that's like the worst rory is my first and then i like clara and then bill probably so you should watch Bill because yeah, I really like
1: him. This is kind of making me i making me want to start rewatching some of the older stuff. I'm thinking maybe like some choice episodes from ten and then like eleven on.
0: Yeah. Um, okay. So sorry we like got way in there for you, but <laughs> now I'm going to talk a little bit about this particular episode that we are going to be talking about today. Um, So this is the first episode with Matt Smith. So there's always a regeneration that happens like at the final episode um, of the previous doctor, there'll be a regeneration. And so he'll like splay his arms and legs out uh, and there will be like what looks like light or fire or something coming from, you know, the head, the arms, the feet. And then it'll be like a whole new person. And so for like the last minute and a half of the episode, you'll kind of get like the tiniest glimpse of who this person is, but you don't really know them. So although we've seen Matt Smith's face before and kind of gotten a little taste of what he's gonna be like, we haven't actually seen a whole episode of him yet. So this is kind of in the mourning phase. We're all mourning David Tennant, but I feel like Matt Smith came out really strong so it introduces Matt Smith and also Amy Pond, who will be his companion. And it also introduces Rory uh, Williams. Um, and also side note, Amy Pond is played by Karen Gillan. Uh, and if you guys are oh Marvel yeah fans, then you'll know her as Nebula. I mean, she doesn't look or sound <laughs> anything like herself as Nebula, um, but, but it is the same person so this episode after an explosive regeneration the doctor crash lands on earth he is immediately found by a young amelia pond who has prayed to santa claus which is so cute to send the police because she has a crack in her wall that's worrying her so she hears the crash and she goes outside to her backyard and it says police box and she's like thank you santa claus (laughs) um So she goes to the doctor and he investigates like he always does and discovers that the crack exists, not just in her wall. He says that if the wall and the house were removed, the crack would still be there because it's a crack in space and time. Um, And through the crack, he learns that like he kind of talks to this giant eye ball who turns out to be some sort of alien prison guard. And he says, prisoner zero has escaped um, over and over again. And so they know that prisoner zero, who is, I guess, some sort of alien, you know, has escaped through this crack. At this point, though, the TARDIS starts making some weird noises and the doctor says, I just have to go like recalibrate her for a second. I just have to take a quick flight. I'll be back in five minutes. Why don't you pack a bag and you can come with me? Or I don't remember if he said that or not, or if she just assumed. But anyway, so he leaves. The TARDIS like disappears and she goes and packs a bag and goes outside and waits. So he comes back. Um, and he's like trying to figure out what's going on. He's in the same place, but it's daytime now and he's gone a little longer than he thought. Um, and he goes in to investigate the house to try to find Amelia, and he's hit over the head by a policewoman, blacks out for a minute, but then when he wakes up, he finds out that he's actually been gone for 12 years. Um, this is okay. a common thing that happens too
1: with the doctor. I just had this moment where I was like, oh my gosh, I forgot she was a policeman. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so
0: we'll explain that. Uh, she dressed in her police uniform before she's a kissagram. So she goes to parties and she was like, it was either this or a French maid. <laughs> so she did that so she'd have some authority. But then she figures out who he is. And tells him that he's been gone for 12 years and that she's been going through therapy because every she told everybody about her raggedy man who had come and, um, you know, talked to her about the crack and stuff. And she, everybody thought she was kind of nuts, but then he's come back now. So she knows that he's actually real. And he realizes that since he's been gone for 12 years, that the situation has gotten way out of hand because the prisoner is like still out there and probably putting everybody in danger. Um, And then they find out that the prison guards are coming and they want prisoner zero back. And if they found him on earth and if earth does not give him back, they're going to incinerate, not like him, but the entire planet. The doctor at this point does what the doctor does. And he does some quick thinking and some clever quipping. And he like, defeats prisoner zero and gets him out of the way and persuades the aliens who were going to incinerate the earth not to come back because earth is under his protection
1: i always love that i always love the when the doctor gets down to business and like stops being silly for a minute and is like no you don't screw with me like i don't know they like every single one of them has like that face you know and like that moment in like some episodes and it's always like super cool All right. So let's talk about the particular scene
0: where the fish fingers and custard come into play. So crash landed. Amelia has found him and she's invited him inside to look at the crack in her wall and to ask for help. But first he says that, you know, he's hungry and he needs something to eat. So she gives him an apple and he's like, oh, yes, an apple. That's perfect. And he takes one bite and then he like throws the apple and he spits it out and he's like, ew, this is gross. Um, And so she's like, okay, we'll try something else. And He looks in the fridge and he's like, ooh, yogurt. Yeah, that's what it is. And he takes a bite and he's like, once again, spits it out um, and says, new mouth, new rules. Like he can't, he doesn't know what he likes yet. So they have this little montage of them. He says to your Scottish fry something. (laughs) Um, So like she cooks bacon, they make baked beans. He tries bread with butter and carrots and everything. It just gets like more and more ridiculous the way that he deals with it. Like I think the bread and butter, he like walks to the front door and like throws it out the front door. And so he just can't find anything that he likes, but then he looks in the cupboard and in the freezer and he's like, Ooh, I know what'll do it. And he makes fish fingers, frozen fish fingers or in America fish sticks and some like pre-made or like instant custard and dips the fish fingers into the custard and eats that. (laughs) So it's a really funny and cute little scene. Um, which I think does, goes a long way to establishing what Matt Smith is going to be like. Um, and, and Christine's right. The way that the doctor works is he, I feel like he's kind of Dumbledore-esque. Like he is silly, um, and does things that makes people think that he's just kind of a crazy person. But then when he needs to get down to business, he's like the smartest person in the room, And he knows what to do, and he will get it done. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about the history of fish fingers. We've already talked about custard, actually, in, like, did we talk about it in our very first episode? All Creatures Great and Small? Is that when we did it? I think that is when we talked about it. So if you want to hear more about custard, feel free to go listen to our very first episode ever um, where we talked about apple pie and custard. And okay, so fish fingers are more commonly called fish sticks in the United States. Um, The term fish fingers was first referenced in a recipe in a popular British magazine in 1900, which I thought was interesting. I feel like that
1: sounds too casual.
0: (laughs) I don't know, fish
1: fingers. I guess I think of it as like microwave food. So it sounds like too early.
0: Um. So it also said in there that they're considered symbolic of the UK, but I think that they are mistaking fish and chips yeah. for fish sticks because that's not the same. Like in, in my opinion, it's, I mean, it's kind of like a fish tender, but fish and chips, I don't think of like you microwave it. I think of you get it from a rest, a, you know, restaurant, a pub, a street vendor where you get like greasy paper, and french fries with it yeah and you eat it with like vinegar you know um stuff so i feel like that's that's kind of misleading i know doesn't it (laughs) um to eat it hot like on a cold night out of the paper it's all greasy doesn't that sound good
1: (laughs) i don't even like,
0: like fish in a bench by the water that sounds awesome okay so Food restrictions during World War II expanded the consumption of fish sticks. Um, And it, you know, it just occurs to me that as we've been going through these seasons, World War II had a big effect on Mm -hmm. how we eat, Um,
1: which is... Particularly, I think, in Britain.
0: Yeah, probably. But also in America, because we were still, like, rationed um, and still you know, had to work around some things and also because the soldiers ate in a certain way and came back and, you know, wanted to have some of those things. And it was a lot, a lot of what the soldiers ate, like it was, these things were developed for soldiers, you know. Mm -hmm. So the commercialization of fish sticks can be traced to 1953 when American company Gortons, which still exists today, Introduce frozen, ready-to-cook fish sticks. I've
1: never heard um, of Gortons.
0: Trust the Gortons, fishermen. I can even sing their jingle. So those fish sticks won the Parents Magazine seal of approval in 1956. High praise. I know. So there you go. <laughs> um, so apparently when they debuted, uh, so I guess um, Gortons is like an offshoot of Bird's Eye. Foods, which is also okay, still a I company. Um, that's because they have the nasty-looking frozen vegetables, like the low-tier frozen vegetables. Oh, is that why? <laughs> they're probably, like, <laughs> exactly the same as every other frozen vegetable, but their bag looks yucky and they're way cheaper. So it's like, that's really the best. Um, so when they debuted, they were part of a lineup of newly rectangular convenience foods. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, I'm I am like it was an entire category of food.
0: <laughs> yes. Okay, so, but it included, their lineup included the fish sticks, chicken sticks, ham sticks, Ew. veal sticks, eggplant sticks, and dried lima bean sticks. Ew. I know, right? <laughs> and Jeez. only the fish sticks survived. Nothing else survived I that lineup. I why. I know. Well, I'm surprised about the chicken sticks chicken because sticks, that's still yeah. something that you would, I mean- Like, right now, anything breaded chicken, tenders, nuggets, um, sticks, you know, patties, you can find all that kind of stuff in any frozen section in America, at least.
1: Dinosaur-shaped chicken nuggets. Right. Ah, Paw Patrol-shaped chicken nuggets.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, that was pretty gross. But some other really random and interesting things about fish sticks... So, first, the record of them stacked in a tower is 74. Okay. <laughs> that just came up during my
1: research. I was like, wow, I don't think I could stack 74 fish sticks on top of each other. So, well, that makes me think of some guy during, like, quarantine set the record for, it was either, I think it was Skittles, set the record for, like, the number of Skittles stacked. And it was, like, five. Wow. Without, I know. <laughs> Like the original record was like four, and his was like five. (laughs) But then you think about it in a round. Squish them a little bit. Yeah, (laughs) that's awesome.
0: Um, Okay, another thing is that Banksy featured them in a 2008 exhibition in New York. Okay, guys, you have to go look up on YouTube the Banksy fish sticks. So this. This exhibit was like a a mock pet supply store um, in New York. So it was an actual shop that they took over and made the exhibit Um, and it was called, it had a marquee, I guess, over it that was the Village Pet Store and Charcoal Grill. Um, And so in the store, it has like all these animatronic animals doing weird Ew. things so it's got like a bunny who's like looking in a vanity and like filing her nails um it's got on the outside there's like a leopard that looks like a fur coat but it moves okay guys the fish sticks are so weird they are literally swimming in an, a fish bowl what
1: the-
0: and they look bizarre like they look like fish fish sticks like they're breaded rectangulary kind of things but they are like swimming in the fish bowl
1: i'm looking it's at it's so weird i'm looking at a picture of them i got to no no
0: you got to find a video the video yeah, is so say, weird let me
1: this oh they also
0: have in that exhibit chicken nuggets with legs dipping themselves in sauce <laughs> christine's face you should have seen it when she saw the video
1: <laughs> that looks so gross it's so weird it's bizarre it's like, it's like bending ew yeah. that's like not endulating. what i was i thought it was gonna be like on like what do you call it like a mobile where it was just like spinning around but it's oh, like no. wiggling that's yeah. so and nasty
0: it, it, they are animatronics or something they are literally swimming in a fishbowl. It is so weird. Looks, Look it up, please. That is please. so unsettling. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Banksy, man. Here's what Banksy had to say about this pet shop exhibit. I wanted to make art that questioned our relationship with animals and the ethics and sustainability of factory farming, but it ended up as chicken nuggets singing. <laughs>
1: That's like, I, I, I made fish fingers swimming in a bowl. I can't even take myself seriously anymore. <laughs> like, I was trying to make some statement, but that didn't really work out. That's incredible. That's my favorite.
0: <laughs> okay. So, last random thing about um, fish sticks. So, this is going to be here's your background information. Okay. Um, in 2016 for Queen Elizabeth's 90th birthday hark do I hear the winds are not calling because <laughs> <laughs> that took place in 2016 when she was turning 90 right around her birthday okay so Birdseye eye presented her with a sandwich
1: <laughs> that already is like absurd I <laughs> know <laughs> Who thought this? Who at Birdseye was like, hey, the queen's about to turn 90. Let's I'm imagining make her a sandwich. it with like mayo on white bread. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so hold up. So,
0: this sandwich was valued at $257 and it included blanched asparagus, saffron mayonnaise, edible flowers, caviar, and gold leaf and crescent fish sticks. <laughs>
1: Did she eat it? I don't know. I should have looked that up. <laughs> like... I wouldn't want to eat it. That was disgusting. That like the stupidest thing Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Who was the PR guy at Birdseye? Like, I have the best idea. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh, I just—he's so. She's probably so good at like masking her actual feelings, <laughs> but I really want to know what she went home and said, Philip. That was the nastiest <laughs> thing I've ever put in my mouth. <laughs> Especially because it was probably even even then very proper, like. <laughs> She would have had to eat it in front of them, I'm (laughs) sure, and
0: take a bite or something. I don't know. That just sounds like the nastiest thing. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Who knew fish sticks were so entertaining? I
1: know.
0: Okay, it's time. We are going to try actual fish fingers in quote-unquote custard. So in the show... He they use like a an instant custard mix like he finds it in the cupboard, um, and so we opted for vanilla jello pudding because that's the closest we get here in the states to instant custard, and so we're gonna try real fish sticks with this jello pudding, and then we also made some cookie look-alike fish sticks so that we can actually enjoy ourselves. Okay, but guys, I could not find fish sticks anywhere. Like, okay, so I went to my, I usually grocery shop on the same day that we record. So I went, did my normal grocery shopping and I assumed at the grocery store, that there would be fish sticks, but I found none. So I went to fancy grocery store because I needed to go there anyway for a couple of things. And I I looked and looked and looked and looked and looked. And the only thing that I found was in this tiny little kids section. It's shaped like (laughs) a fish and they are teensy weensy. But here's the thing. It said on the pack it was like oven directions and yeah stovetop directions. There were no microwave directions. So they did not recommend microwaving it. I microwaved it anyway, but it has a little burny spot on the bottom <laughs> and now that it is a few minutes removed it is hard as a rock. So <laughs>
1: like, oh, okay, so I really getting the whole
0: experience now microwaving them, huh? I guess, I may have just done it for way too long because it's just a little teeny thing. No. But I was like, it's a fish stick. I have to microwave it. And it was way too late at that oh, point. I like I had to oven. microwave it. Oh, did you? Yeah. No. I, I only wanted to do one. I wasn't no. going to turn on my oven for one
1: fish stick. I did all of them because my pack had 11, which is a very random number. Um, yeah. But we'll... Sounded like he would eat some. and oh, okay. He seems to like them well enough, so.
0: Yeah, that is a random number. That's like at restaurants when they give you five of an appetizer and you're like, why did you give us five dumplings? Like, we, we are two people. We this, need this four or time. six. Like, yeah. Oh. I don't understand. Okay, I I am going to dip this rock hard fish shaped <laughs> tiny nugget into my custard.
1: The problem <laughs> and here here we go. Is that. I don't think I'm gonna like the fish stick anyway. Exactly. Hmm. You know, okay. not as bad as I would have thought.
0: That's what I thought too. Um, not the great, fish, but... the little fishy stick, is not as bad as it could be. Up. Oh, wait. Hold up. <laughs> the fish flavors coming now because the custard went away.
1: These are actually not that bad.
0: Okay, I didn't puke, but I'm not gonna take another bite. <laughs> Uh. (laughs) okay so when i microwaved it there was a big fish smell obviously because i microwaved it um and so i wasn't looking forward to it but actually it wasn't bad with the custard but as soon as the custard taste went away i then had fish taste in my mouth
1: and see my fish taste is not very strong at all it did smell like fish when i was cooking it but it's not very fishy
0: okay jim gaffigan does a bit about this and it's totally true. If the highest praise that you can give to fish is that it doesn't taste fishy, <laughs> that, that's probably not a good thing. Oh, yeah. I've heard that one before. Because seriously, if it doesn't taste like itself, then that seems bad. If you want it to taste like nothing, which I feel like is kind of how it is with fish. Like if it doesn't taste like fish, it's supposed to taste like basically nothing. But then why are you eating it? I think Christine took more than one bite of her fish stick with custard. No,
1: I only took one
0: bite. Oh, you only took the one bite. Okay. It wasn't
1: it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be, but it's not good. So, I actually <laughs> was watching an interview with Matt Smith where he said that he was actually eating fish fingers. And he said yeah. that he they did like 12 takes and that he like kept eating them and then eventually it was like, "All right, we got to switch to they had like little coconut cakes or something and he's like we gotta switch oh. the cakes
0: because <laughs> it was just getting too gross
1: <laughs> well I think he said that like because David Tennant was there too and he asked he was like "Were these things?" he's like was the custard warm was the were the fish fingers warm and he was like they were warm but then they just like got oh, cool. cold it's so like he said like the fish got cold and that's when he was like all right we gotta switch here <laughs> yeah that's gross <laughs> I wonder I th- which take they used yeah I know I was wondering that too my fake fish fingers look look more like the fish fingers in the show but look nothing like my actual fish fingers they're like really blocky
0: yours turned out really blocky mine mine flattened and they look like biscotti i used a different recipe than you because oh did you use that recipe did you use the pound cake one yeah okay i almost okay i almost told you because when i clicked on the link it was like not found but then when i scrolled down the recipes on the side it said fish fingers so i clicked on oh, it and it brought I, me to the page
1: i tried searching on the website i almost told you and i couldn't find it and i will or sterling had my phone so i was like i'm okay. just going to use this other one but yeah my so mine are pound cake soaked in like cream and cinnamon and then coated in breadcrumbs or not breadcrumbs in breadcrumbs graham cracker crumbs
0: okay mine are basically shortbread cookies coated in graham cracker crumbs um so they're slightly different but oh yeah
1: yours look like cookies
0: yeah they look a little more like cookies because they spread i think it would have been better if i had shaped them and then put them in the fridge you know yeah. for a half an hour or so before popping them in the oven but i didn't because i'm lazy um okay i'm gonna take a bite mm.
1: well, this is definitely better with the pudding
0: this is decidedly better than the fish yes <laughs> Mm. Actually, this is pretty tasty. Fish uh,
1: fingers are pretty good, actually, on their own.
0: The the real fish fingers,
1: they're yeah, and they're Kroger brand. Oh, like, really? Yeah. Super generic. They were called crunchy fish fish sticks. Mm. Are no, they I, crunchy? Yeah, they're not bad.
0: Okay, so would recommend, especially if you're having a Doctor Who party. Definitely, definitely recommend
1: watching Doctor Who. <laughs> um, I, th- I thought you were going to say making the cookie one, and I was like, wait, are you recommending the actual fish? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, but the thing is,
0: if you've never watched Doctor Who before, what I tell people a lot of times is to start with this episode that we talked about today. Start with yeah. the the 11th hour first season, first of the fifth season with Matt Smith, just because of that, because the production quality is so much better.
1: It's a good place to start. You're not missing out on anything. You're not.
0: It's the storyline. Usually with each new doctor, the storyline kind of starts in a new place. And so you're not really missing anything. And that way you have the opportunity to fall in love with it Before you go back and watch the mannequins that come to life in the first Christopher Eccleston episode.
1: (laughs) And the thing is, like, by the time you get to episodes that are referencing things that happened in previous seasons, like, if you've watched it for that long, then you'll be interested enough to actually go back and start from the beginning.
0: Yes. You know, and like, I think that or, you would appreciate those earlier episodes because you kind of know how the Doctor is and you know where it's going. Yeah. Um, so you can you can like the Doctors and uh, I'm dropping my stuff <laughs> <laughs> and the storylines and things without getting caught up in the fact that the production quality sucks. <laughs> yeah.
1: And there are some episodes that are quite a bit dumber, but like there are some really, really like choice episodes oh gosh yes there are some amazing episodes I was gonna say Um, if you're gonna watch blink you have to watch it at like 4 (laughs) (laughs) a.m also
0: don't watch the silence episodes when you're newly sleeping at home by yourself because your husband's on (laughs) duty and your kids are asleep in the other room and it's dark and you didn't know it's gonna be scary and then it traumatizes you for months (laughs)
1: you know well i was watching doctor who through for the first time and i did that where i was up in the middle of the night it was like 3 a.m and blink came on and i was like i can't watch tv in the middle of the night anymore <laughs> it was just, like really scary and i wasn't expecting it to be because like doctor yeah. who's
0: not scary <laughs> yeah exactly okay so it's not scary but it has some scary moments mm-hmm like that yeah. some things that are just creepy enough to where it's like in the middle of the night for the next few weeks you're like Wait, it's are the silence there
1: yeah yes it can be very tense um and if you've for people who are dr who fans already um something as like a kind of a mind experiment think about <laughs> what it would be like to have a weeping angel and a silence in the room together
0: oh my gosh what (laughs) you just broke my brain (laughs) you can't even
1: figure out how it works (laughs) how do i manage this (laughs) so for people who have no idea what we're talking about the weeping angels only move when you're not looking at them but like move outrageously fast in like the blink of an eye but the silence as soon as you're not looking at them, you forget you've seen them. And you so you forget that they're there. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like this very weird.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's why the silence traumatized me, because they are creepy as crap to look at. And then they you forget that they're there. So I kept being like going to the bathroom in the middle of the night, like looking in the bathtub and then sitting on the toilet and being like, Wait, did I just forget that it's there? <laughs> what <laughs> if I've <laughs> seen
1: it but I don't remember? I know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's terrible. Okay. So that is all that we have for you for Dr. Who and Fish Fingers and Custard and season three. Uh, don't worry, not too long to wait. When this episode comes out, it will be October 1st and we will be back on October 22nd and we'll be doing two Halloween episodes Ooh. to start out the season yeah i know we're so excited so we are going to begin the season with christine delving into the video game world with the game undertale and the butterscotch cinnamon pie from that game
1: yes that sounds so good. i'm really excited <laughs> it does to make sound that. good
0: If you would like to find the recipe for these fish finger shortbread cookies, join us on Instagram at the Bitten Word Podcast or on Twitter at the Bitten Pod or on our
1: subreddit, which is the Bitten Word Podcast. It's r slash the Bitten Word Podcast. Okay, there we go.
0: (laughs) And. Tell us what your favorite doctor, who your favorite doctor is. Tell us some of your favorite doctor who episodes, or tell us if you've never seen it before and you decide to watch it. Oh my god! Because gosh. of this.
1: Please let us know if you decide to watch doctor who after. Yes. <laughs> we will episode. talk your ear off about this.
0: We would love it so much if you gave it a shot. So let us know anything that you have to say, talk to us on our, on our socials, uh, email us at the bit word podcast at gmail.com. Also, if you wanted to donate to our cause to help us buy random ingredients, like fish sticks, (laughs) um, or (laughs) venison. (laughs) If you you enjoy listening and you would like to help us continue the podcast, um, become a donor. We've had a couple of donations. Thank you so much to those who have donated.
1: You can find links to donate either on our anchor or on our buy me a coffee, which you can find through our link tree, which is linktr.ee slash the podcast. You can find the link to all of these things in the description below as well.
0: Okay. So we will see you back here on October 22nd for the foray into Undertale. And until then,
1: happy watching and Geronimo.